for you? Like, what do you have coming up Retirement. on the year? Retirement. Yeah? Oh, my God. I just <laughs> want to chill. You raked in all the I'm millions. I'm going to chill on your yacht. Just going to lay on the big pile of cash. <laughs> chill with my kids and drink a beer. <laughs> So, my name's Gary from Hopped LA. Obviously, you guys know, um, but this is, I guess, technically the first official podcast video. Po- I don't know what it is. We're calling it Hop Talk. We're talking Hop talk. to people that we find interesting and that we love in the LA beer scene. And I'll leave. today, I we're this here. Was pot talk. I know, right? I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> well, luckily, we're not letting you leave. Uh, and we're here with two awesome people, Franny. From the LA Brewers Guild, Francis Lopez, doing awesome stuff. Hello. Thank you for joining us. And Jimmy from Beer Belly. Yay. Thank you for hosting us here. Of course. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah, put together an awesome tap list. Cheers. Uh, yeah, let's cheers out to start it. And I think the first thing that I just want to get off the table is what are we drinking here? So what are we, start, what are we starting with? I had a feeling you were going to ask me that. Yeah? So I am drinking beer from far away in the northern lands of Berkeley. Yes. Uh, it's Finer Things from Fieldwork Brewing. Because if I picked one of my brewer's beers to say <laughs> on the podcast, then I would get sad faces from other people who I did not. You can't play wow. favorites, right? So, That's some foresight. So, boom. That is some serious <laughs> political foresight. You're right thinking like a step ahead. Don't yeah. want to hear from Peter Mumford right now. <laughs> Nice. He's like, thanks for the invite. <laughs> what are you right? drinking? Actually, he's going to show up. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I've got uh, State Brewing uh, from here to Gardena. Ooh, yeah. nice. Nice uh, IPA. A little, little cloudy. It's one of those hybrids, right? Yeah. yeah. And I am drinking Yo Coco from Highland Park. So you can't go wrong with a Highland Park beer, I think. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not always a big coconut IPA kind of guy. It's a little sweet, but these guys kill it. Like uh, it's it's balanced enough for me to enjoy. I've like actually really enjoyed coconut IPAs. Yeah, uh, you don't see it too often, but I can't think of a bad coconut IPA I've ever had. That's good. Yeah. But also, if you don't like coconut, you don't like coconut. Right. So. <laughs> as long as they're not using that like nasty extract that doesn't taste like coconut, it tastes like what coconut does when it wants to kill itself. Yeah. Almond, that it's cool. Like mounds. What is that? Almond joy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of coconut yeah. syrup. Just throwing candy bars in the mash tun. Yeah. Oh goodness. I, yeah. All right. There's so time and place for that. So we're going to talk a little bit about LA beer. Um, that's why we're here. We're releasing our brand new 2019 LA Brewers shirt, um, celebrating everything that's awesome about the LA beer scene, um, and in partnership with the LA Brewers Guild, obviously. Um, and I kind of want to dig. You know, you guys are both heavily entrenched in the beer scene for many years but in different facets and I, I, I think that it'll be interesting to kind of dig into each of your guys's kind of backgrounds and your perspectives on where we are now in LA beer in 2019 um, so I wanted to start off with Jimmy uh, okay give us a little background like we're at beer belly we're in your establishment you started in 2011 like how did it get going how'd you do this uh, really out of a, a, a passion and uh, a comfortability with the craft beer industry and community. Uh, Before I opened up Beer Belly, I thought about doing a wine bar, a champagne bar, a Korean fusion bar. Uh, But as I went to more breweries and went to more beer events, uh, it was was a no-brainer. It was just automatic. I know this is where I'm comfortable. These are my people. Whether I have a business or not, these are my people. So 
naturally I want to do something I want to do and that was kind of the thing when I was planning it out 2008 2009 it was a, a rough time a little you know recession right and I thought okay well why don't I take this time to do something I'm passionate about instead of something that I feel like I need to do to pay the bills whatnot so beer was was just you know natural so you had already kind of been into beer how did you get into it originally uh, going to breweries and yeah. trying trying different trying different styles different beers I think one of my first memories, eye-opening memories, was Anchor Steam, and reading the label and seeing that uh, their, you know, steam method was uh, was different and unique. And I was like, "Holy shit! You can you can make beer different ways." I'm really enjoying this. Let me try some other stuff and see what they're doing, and maybe I'll like it. Maybe I won't. But uh, that was just my kind of exploration into into the different trying different things just like trying different food right and I think what's interesting is that you're born and raised here in LA right yes so you know being a part of you know being in the LA beer scene and then also choosing Koreatown as your place to open up your beer bar I mean I find that I mean I don't know how calculated that was but like that's an interesting move and I think in 2019 we're seeing it paying dividends here but like how was it year one Fortunately, we had a successful opening. Uh, Koreatown is my hometown, mm-hmm. and I knew I wanted to spread the gospel of craft beer, yes. right? Uh, I think that's how a lot of us started, and people still are feeling that till this day. So naturally, Koreatown is my home. I want to have a little, small little quiet pub in the back of a parking lot where me and my wife could serve up some rare beers. Uh, maybe there's some munchies coming out of the kitchen and yeah people can come by for some some cool stuff yeah and you just hit on two things that i think are really important to touch on first one the beer side so how did you get into how how was the beer buying process in 2011 like when we only had a handful of breweries here in la yeah actually christina perozzi was my kind of beer coach and uh, she would say, hey, why don't you do all L.A. beer? And I was like, I don't think there's enough L.A. beer <laughs> to do. I only have 12 really taps. Wasn't. But for tw- even for 12 taps, yeah, uh, it, it was pretty hard to do hyper-local. Eagle Rock, Craftsman, uh, the brewery. Um, th- there wasn't that much. Uh, but, you know, uh, of course, now today, there's too many. Uh, great breweries and it, it's it hurts me because as much as I want to spread the love and um, pour so many different great beers uh, I'm still I still only have 12 taps right and there's only so much beer I can move yeah um, but you know that being said I think there's a great new generation of craft beer enthusiasts uh, people spreading the word and people getting into it so uh, I think I think it, it's pretty exciting to see the new generation of, of drinkers, beer drinkers, uh, in LA yeah. coming around. Oh, absolutely! Do you remember your first time here at Beer Belly? Yes, yeah. it was pretty early on. So um, when Beer Belly opened up, I was just uh, one of the editors of the Full Pint, which mm. I'm the associate editor of the Full Pint now, um, and we were big fans of Jimmy right away. And actually, one of my first memories when I was starting to get to know Jimmy was actually 
bumping into him at the Craft Brewers Conference in San Diego in 2012. And I was just infinitely impressed with the fact that someone who just opened a craft beer bar was actually doing his due diligence and like learning more about the industry, not just like buying really rare or, you know, hyped beer, but also getting to know the ins and outs of like what craft brewing actually is. Because that's something that is actually very special. Um, you don't really see a lot of that education um, being, you know, kind of tossed around with business owners. And, and especially when, you know, you have a lot of people who own multiple properties, it's not really top of mind. But, you know, that really stood out for a lot of us here in Los Angeles was just the care and attention to detail that Jimmy and his team had, like, from the very beginning. Yeah, that's awesome to see and awesome to hear. Uh, and I, my first time at Beer Belly was much later on. Like, I only first came here maybe two years, three years ago, something like that. Um, but uh, but you touched on something earlier that I think is important to hit on um, whenever we're talking about Beer Belly, the food. Like, this is as much a foodie spot as it is a beer drinker oh, spot, right? It's Flavor Town. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Flavor, right? Now we're going to live that sauce. one down. <laughs> <laughs> how, did the, how did the food component come into play? I, I was fortunate enough to find a great chef. Uh, he, he's from Philly. Um, he's no, no, no longer with us. He's moved on to open up a, a couple other restaurants now. But, you know, he, he was, I, I was his number one customer at his food truck. Nice. Uh, so, you know, when Chef Wes was uh, looking for the next chapter in his career and I was opening up this place, it was uh, a match made in heaven. And fortunately for me, his ridiculous food and crazy creations just pair really well with beer. Yeah. And you've continued it on since he's gone. Like the, I don't know if the Beast Burger, I just saw it got like written up somewhere and uh, I don't know if that was there back, like did he roll that out? But like that got a bunch of fanfare a couple of months back. Death by Duck Fries. Yeah, the Death by Duck Fries. Like it's just like... <laughs> It's crazy. So as much as this is a beer spot, this is a foodie spot. And are you a foodie yourself? Of course. Yeah? Of course. I mean, I, I think uh, food and beer and, of course, you know, cocktails or wine, hands in hands, we're always exploring, trying new things and responding to creativity. Uh, for me, it's all about the creativity. And when it comes to brewers or when it comes to chefs, you know, sometimes they they might miss, but um, the exciting part is discovering. So, uh, discovering some new stuff and being able to celebrate their creativity. Yeah, and you mentioned cocktails. So, a couple years back, you opened up a second location of Beer Belly in Long Beach. How did how did that come about? How did I mean? What was the impetus for like this is working so well that? We want to do a second one. It seemed like a natural progression. Long Beach is a great community. They're so proud in Long Beach. They're like, I'm not from LA. I'm not from OC. I'm from Long Beach, you know, LBC. So um, I, I wanted to be part of that kind of strong community. And of course, they've got one of the world's best breweries in Beachwood. Yeah. So having them as neighbors, uh, it, it just it felt right, you know. Yeah. Uh, over there, we have a full liquor license, so we get to play with cocktails, beer cocktails. Uh, we have a tiki bar in the back. Yeah, I uh, want to go there so bad. <laughs> yeah. It, there, have you been? More room, so I haven't. Yeah. I've been hearing great things, yeah, and um, we actually were talking about how the the CCBA summit is going to be 
in Long Beach yeah. in September. Need a tiki yeah. spot, and right? we notoriously all the LA brewers, and I blame Julian Schrager for all of this. Really, <laughs> um, we all used to take over this bar in Sacramento called the Jungle Bird. And so our goal is to bring the jungle bird down to Long Beach. All right, prepare yourself. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I apologize in advance, Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) So how many taps do you have at Long Beach? Long Beach, we have 24. 24, okay. So doubled it up. Um, So I guess that kind of brings me to, like, present day, 2019. You know, you're buying beer for 12 taps here. You have 24 taps there. Um, you ha- now have a local market that is thriving and a lot of breweries. What are we, 80 plus now, right? <laughs> As uh, of this morning, 85. Okay. <laughs> Want to cry? <laughs> Slow down. Cry with excitement, right? Slow down. <laughs> um, but, and, and I think what's interesting is the way that you've integrated local, but you've also, you. I mean, Beer Belly is one of the spots to go to to get beers that are hard to find outside of Los Angeles too. Like there's breweries and you're friends with a lot of people that bring their beer here and they don't bring it anywhere else in LA. And so the way that you integrate out of LA and the LA market is awesome. How the fuck do you do it? One thing I learned <laughs> from one of my mentors, uh, shout out, uh, Ryan Sweeney, yeah. Verdugo, Surly Go. Yeah. I can't name all his bars. I lost count. He's like 20 <laughs> right? uh, It's all about relationships. And that is honestly the beauty of it. Just like us, just like brewers, just like people that work in the beer industry. And sometimes it's not even the beer industry, whether it's chefs that really like beer uh, and just people. Uh, It's all about relationships. And so uh, I feel fortunate enough to do what I love and go around you know, kind of the country. I don't travel too much, but uh, things like GABF in Denver and when I get get out, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel very fortunate to to make some friends and and have some fun and drink some really good beer while doing it. Yeah, and I think the the takeaway here is that no matter when you come to Beer Belly, whether it's Koreatown, whether it's Long Beach, that you're gonna find something really awesome to drink, and you're gonna get some really good food as well. You've done an awesome job, man. Thank like, you. I, Thank you. I don't know how you you continue it. And there's so many breweries like I don't know how you keep it up but like keep doing it like, I, it's so cool I feel like the secret is to embrace creativity yeah whether wherever it comes from to embrace that creativity to share it with people and hopefully there's a good response to it and hopefully someone gets converted oh I've never had a, a milkshake IPA before <laughs> you know I've never had a sour beer before I've never I've never had a bourbon barrel aged stout before and uh when we can share happiness with other people and uh, convert them into something something that they'll they'll appreciate for life. I mean, yeah. I think I think that's our, our job is done. And I have to call out the talent that it takes to curate a very well balanced tap list. You know, he mentioned that he only had twelve taps, but there's a sour, there's a pilsner, there's an IPA, there's a hazy, there's a pastry stout. Like you're not just gonna see like. 11 hazy IPAs and maybe a Pilsner, maybe a sour. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of all over the board there, just so that, you know, there is something for everyone, too. Yeah, and I, I, that just reminds me. That's harder um, when you have less taps, too. Yeah, but, but I think that's, in, and I know that you are doing, you curate beer and you work with some of the fest, the Golden Voice festivals and yes. things like that. 
<laughs> all good. Okay, thirsty here. That's what happens when you compliment him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> holding my breath. Here. Thank you. Um, how did the how did the Golden Voice stuff come about? And I feel like that kind of is born out of like what you were talking about—the creativity, the balance. Like that's what a what's what these festivals need. And when people are like, they want artisan brands and they want craft this and craft that like they want someone that's not going to come in from the outside and be like oh there's a bunch of stuff from one distributor that we know is just gonna like we're gonna be easy to get but they Mm -hmm. work with someone that like understands what the tastes are and what the local market wants so like how did that come about the guy that brought me into the festivals nick adler he's actually a huge beer fan he's he's a beer guy he's awesome from day one uh i met him at his beer festival the vegan beer fest uh, at the Roxy. Yeah, and that was already the old days. Yeah, that yeah. was already maybe a couple of years in, but that's where I met him. And uh, fortunately enough, he uh, is director of food and beverage at Golden Voice. Wow. And so we started working on some festivals together, and they always give me <clears throat> what I need to to put on some good beer festivals so with the resources that they give me um i i have fun just putting together some fun stuff and you know it's it's a beautiful uh it's a beautiful relationship and experience when people get to come out and and see that music festivals doesn't have to be shitty beer I mean, I've experienced it firsthand. Like, (laughs) you've made Arroyo Seco and some of these like local festivals so much more enjoyable. So, I wish every concert was like that. I know, right? And like, it's one of those things where a lot of the times Jimmy will curate breweries that never have a like will have never a chance to be at a large event like that. And like, it's like they're one time a year, two times a year when they're actually like, oh wow, like we're visible to thousands and thousands of people. Like, Mm -hmm. this is pretty pretty awesome yeah I don't get too too (laughs) selective or political I think everyone should be able to put their beer out there and Mm -hmm. and really the beer speaks for itself no matter who the brewer is who the owners are what's going on politically or whatever the beer is gonna speak for itself and um, that's where people will respond yeah absolutely and that kind of brings me to like Franny and what you're doing here in LA Beer in 2019. I don't know. I, I, I don't. I, I'm gonna hold off on asking you about here. today. Let's rewind. Like, how did you get into it all? Um, how did I get into drinking beer yeah. or well, LA yeah. beer? Yeah, get into craft beer and then your your foray into the professional side of it. Um, so I was always kind of like a dissenting punk kid that like didn't really want to follow waves. And so when I was in college in Arizona, the land of shitty cheap watery beer, um, I was going to Top's Liquor in Tempe looking for bottles of 120 minute IPA. So um, I just like kind of super did a deep dive into like the craft beerness of things because when you go to, you know, a school in Phoenix that's like just like a party school, all you want to do is like be the one that's like drinking the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale instead of the PBR and, and the Dogfish Head instead of the Newcastle. And so my love for beer really was rooted in flavor. I was like really super into food and I just loved the narrative of small craft brewers and having that locality of things. 
And so, you know, throughout college, whenever I would travel, I would look for the local breweries and, and things like that. So when I started writing about food professionally here in Los Angeles, when I moved back in 2010, um, we didn't really have very much going on in terms of breweries and in a beer culture here. Um, LA Beer Week was awesome, but it was mostly, you know, wholesalers um, pushing international portfolios in front of you. Like, that, you know, you'd have like amazing Belgian beer and amazing German beer, and maybe you would see like three or four local breweries that existed at the time. Um, and so when I got involved with writing for the Full Pint, a lot of my early content was highlighting events like Vegan Beer Fest and festivals that actually went above and beyond to try to get locals involved. Um, as that scene grew, I started working professionally for a couple of breweries. Um, and after that, I worked at the Guild and I've been there for three years. And so I've kind of witnessed firsthand just like the ridiculous amount of growth in a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, when I was hired at the Guild in 2015, I had 21 breweries in the county of Los Angeles. And as I mentioned earlier, I just signed on number 80. Five, and I have three more that are opening this week or next week and so I I don't know it's it's pretty insane and like our growth is a lot faster than other regions are um, you'll notice that like San Diego has like 130 plus breweries but that's over the course of 20 years yeah um, when you think about uh, aside from Craftsman and Wolf Creek and Belmont and Bonaventure and Red Car like that's five breweries everyone else is under nine years old and 85% of those people are less than three years old then it's pretty overwhelming yeah so, you know like once you dip a toe in LA beer and you meet the people you just kind of get stuck there because you, you never want to leave you know? well I think the demand in the market and all the beers opening up that I mean that created the job that you have today right like there wasn't there wasn't someone that did what you did before you did it, right? No. Um, so the Guild was founded in 2013 um, with seven founding brewery members. Yeah. And uh, once they realized that they needed a little bit more organization, a little bit more local, hyper-localized support for the breweries, um, that's when they, they let me create the job that I have now. And I've been very fortunate in that um, I've been able to grow professionally with an, with an organization from the, from the ground up. Um, what is funny is that when we look at where we land in comparison to my counterparts in other states and other like regions, we're growing very quickly, but we're adapting very quickly as well. Because you know, when you're a little bit behind on the times, like LA was, you have an opportunity to kind of see what San Diego's doing and see what San Francisco's doing, and kind of learn from those um, situations and kind of adapt to that. And I think that's a very LA thing. Uh, we are very nimble. We're scrappy. We figure shit out like on the fly a lot of the times. And because we are still super young, there is still that very strong sense of community here where very few of us are actually distributing outside of California. Very few of us are producing over 10,000 barrels. And so, you know, considering the population, how many bars and restaurants there are here, there's still a lot of room for growth. Um, whether or not that continues is, is suspect. I know that you know a lot of people are falling on harder times. Uh, it's the ebb and flow of the industry. It's very natural, very normal, um, but we haven't seen it as drastically as other other areas have, mm -hmm. which is good. But yeah. we're bracing ourselves. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and for anyone that like doesn't 
hasn't heard of the Los Angeles County Brewers Guild, doesn't know what's going on with it. Like, I know your role does everything, and we could sit here for another hour talking about all the things you do. Please but don't. maybe just like a couple of like the main things that like, why does the guild exist? Why is it important? Um, so we are the local nonprofit for all of the independently owned craft breweries in Los Angeles County. So all the way down to Long Beach, all the way up to uh, Lancaster, to the ocean, to all the way to Claremont. Um, we basically advocate for the promotion and protection of brewers' rights. Uh, we support the California Craft Brewers Association at the state level and the Brewers Association nationally. Um, so I show up to hearings when my brewers want to advocate for their tap rooms. I, you know, work with the ABC and local law enforcement. Um, and I kind of like get them the resources that they need for those types of things. On top of that, we are a marketing wing, so we produce LA Beer Week every June, uh, Father's Day weekend, and throughout the year we've been sprinkling in smaller events to kind of help with our fundraising. Since we like to keep the the brewers' dues at a at a minimum because they are small businesses so like even when people see like all the shiny equipment and all the crazy you know tanks and stuff when they go in a brewery uh, a lot of the times brewery owners aren't taking a paycheck for like the first one two three maybe four years of their existence and so when you look at it that way it really is like a genuine small business yeah no absolutely and i mean you say independent breweries and I know that some people may have seen the seal on some bottles. They may have seen a commercial here or there. Like, wh- what's the significance of independence? Independence just means that you you know where you're giving your money to, really. Um, independent for us means that they are locally owned and not owned or operated by an outside entity, um, an outside corporate entity. So, for example, there are breweries who have been acquired that used to be craft breweries, uh, and they've been acquired by you know Belgian or internationally owned conglomerates, and so they own a whole bunch of places and um, their decision making comes from the very top it's not really a local thing their taxes and their their um, like all of those things aren't really benefiting or stimulating the local economy and so when you say independent you're really putting your money back into your city you're putting your money back into your community yeah and and, I, and for me um, it comes down to the people you know like when I can talk to the brewer when I can talk to the even the beer tender the people that are serving the beer that are passionate about just pouring it and seeing you enjoy it um, that's where it comes full circle I think for me in on the consumer standpoint where it's it's a magical thing where like you can see where it's made you can see who's making it and you can understand that like they aren't doing it for like a million dollar payday like they're doing it because there's a craft and a passion and a love for what they're doing mm-hmm. um, and I and I feel like it takes it takes a person to like sit there for a moment and actually think about that because otherwise we're just guzzling down beer and it's like all right this beer this beer this mm-hmm. beer but if you if you stop for a second and you think about like what's in your glass and where it came from and who's making it I think it makes a whole lot more sense this whole independent brewery thing um, versus everybody else and and why it even matters because it's so easy to say like who cares it's just beer but like it's so much more than that (laughs) well it's kind of when you think about chain restaurants right like I'd rather go and eat at beer belly and have like local food from like cool people and I know who the employees are versus like going through the drive through a jack-in-the-box and 
maybe maybe scratching the itch temporarily, but not really feeling good about it later. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it's important where people want to spend their money, their hard-earned money. Uh, there should be transparency, and uh, again, I think the beer speaks for itself. But uh, it, it's it's really important that. Um, people support independently owned businesses. Yeah. There are some gray area uh, breweries. Right. I don't know. Firestone. I don't know if you guys have an opinion on that. Oh, the Duval family, though. The Duval family, yeah. <laughs> the family they're, not still, they're not bad. They, they take care of their people, and, and they are a family-owned business, and they're not one of those people trying to lobby against small craft brewers. They actually help amplify small craft brewers, and I think that's a huge difference is, is the lobbying power. You know, at the state level here in California, we start to see these scary bills from you know Anheuser-Busch, InBev, and Constellation brands that basically are trying to prevent our local independent breweries from growing, from being able to do certain things or at least giving themselves like an unfair advantage that that we can't possibly compete with whether it's marketing dollars or incentives to retailers or anything of the sort and so yeah. I think that's a, that's a big line in the sand too and I think that's why a lot of people still really love Firestone there's also I know we love the Firestone brewery, right <laughs> they don't make bad beer they don't. Uh, <laughs> the brewery out of Placentia right, right. Yeah, that's, they, a no, that's a whole nother conversation like no one has right. really had like venture capital like and like investments and private equity, and, private equity yeah. and you know how do we feel about Oscar Blues and Canarchy and like right. all of those things and I think you know at, at the core of it they're still technically by definition an independently owned business yeah. uh, whether or not they're large isn't you know you can't blame someone for their success sure um, you know the same way that we all love and support Sierra Nevada and they're right. you know Sam billionaires yeah. you know right. I think it, Sam it, Adams it, so. the line gets drawn where you you see with some of the you know, international corporations that are doing some of the predatory marketing and sales mm -hmm. tactics and some of the stuff that like crosses the line. And I think like until, you know, one of these pri bigger private equity corporations like starts crossing the line in like major ways, like the then definition itself it. <laughs> stands. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to see like what's happening in San Diego right now with like the Ballast Point Festival thing and like people <laughs> like friends wanting to support friends versus it's just yeah. it, and it gets so complicated and I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of independent beer because that could go on forever mm -hmm. and there really is no end to it. But it's just an interesting time for where we're at in, in indie beer and like why we should support what we support. But I think in the end it comes down to like what you were saying, the beer speaks for itself. And, you know, it comes back down to like supporting the people that you want to support and drinking something that you want to enjoy, right? I will say I think uh, craft beer took kind of a misstep in thinking, okay, we're gonna make IPAs and we are gonna win market share and we are gonna fight big beer with IPAs. With full flavored beer of any sort, really. Right, yeah. and uh, what we've seen, of course, is uh, they buy up the small breweries, they put out, they put out IPAs. Um, uneducated people don't know right. the difference. Uh, yeah. They're like, I love Ballast Point Sculpin, I love craft beer, right? Yeah. Uh, but we all know it's not. Uh, what I do think everyone should be doing is fighting fire with fire in a way, and everyone should be making a light lager, a yeah. cheaper, affordable yeah. light lager, of course, high quality, delicious, mm -hmm. but uh, fighting that side of the battle. Instead of saying, 
I'm gonna make hazy IPAs. Let's, let's win all those Bud Light drinkers with hazy IPAs. Shots fired. <laughs> I fully support the lager life. I'm into it. Absolutely. Right, yeah. I, I, I second that motion. <laughs> so, um, so we're coming to the end of it. Um, I want to to kind of get a sense for for you in in what I mean. You said 85 breweries, like. What's 86 if you count Highland Park's second location, which is technically another brewery. So oh, okay, there 86. you go. Yeah. And so what's what do you see as like the horizon? Like I know you can't you can't you know, you can't project too much, but like what's happening over the next 12 months? Come on, give me a sense for something. I wouldn't be surprised if we hit 100 breweries in the next year and a half. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the map, I'm kind of impressed with what's happening right now. Yeah. You know, in the very beginning, everyone was opening up in Long Beach, Torrance, like the South Bay in general. But I just signed on a Monrovia brewery. Nice. I just signed on a Lomita brewery. And, you know, they're adjacent to the hubs. You know, downtown is slowing down a little bit because they've got like nine now. Yeah. Um, but you're seeing the eastern county. We have four in the Antelope Valley now. Westlake is blowing up. Um, I'm seeing pending licenses in like the most random parts of the county. Yeah. And LA County is really fucking huge. Yeah. Oh, it is. So there's yeah. so, like, I, there's still pockets of this county that have no breweries at all. Yeah. No beer bars at all. Yeah. You know, West Adams, you know, like those are all like slowly. South slowly LA getting is, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's exciting. It's scary for me because I have to process all the paperwork, but. <laughs> Maybe um, you'll get an assistant or something. Oh, uh, one day. Knock, <laughs> knock on something. I'm knocking on my head right now. I volunteer um, Mac. He'll, he'll do it for you. <laughs> spreadsheets on spreadsheets. <laughs> He's a perfect assistant. He does anything oh. I say. <laughs> I mean, no, there's I, a I lot think, of room. It's just that uh, yeah. it's, it's how they market themselves and how they get their local people in the, in their tap rooms that will ensure their success. I think we could all agree fresh beer is better beer. Yeah, absolutely. And becoming more and more local, uh, being that community hub, whether it goes beyond beer, I I think that is the future Mm -hmm. where we have a lot more producers uh, locally. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. There are 4,000 wineries in California. Yeah, why not, you know? Sure, why not? And Jimmy. What's what's next for you? Like, what do you have coming up Retirement. on the next year? Retirement. Yeah. Oh my god! I just oh, want to chill. You raked in all the I'm millions. I'm chill on your yacht. Just gonna lay on the big pile of cash. <laughs> chill with my kids and drink a beer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah do you have any plans uh, for the upcoming year? Like, is there anything? I don't you're know what I'm to? doing next week. No. Okay. There, there are no plans. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've got your up. events planned, and that's. <laughs> I don't even know what events are coming up. Right. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. Fair enough. I mean, you have to be flexible to the indus- to what's going on in the industry. So I enjoy winging it. That that is that is what I love. Yeah. And that's the problem solving and team building that I love. I don't know. My staff probably doesn't agree, but I don't I don't plan ahead too far. Ahead. That's good. That's good. Um, I'm so, the opposite. Yeah. I am booked six months out. That's what I was you had say. to get me a month ago to be here. Yeah. I was, and I was say like, that. hold on, let me check. You know, like everyone's got their own style and you manage it the best you can. And when we have so many breweries coming up, so much beer coming out, like, you know, you you take it on in the way that feels most comfortable to you. And uh, I'm all about that as long as we're drinking good stuff. Right. I agree. All right. So, guys, thanks so much for joining me. Let's cheers a little bit here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming by. And I'll end it by saying thank you to the L.A. Brewers Guild for supporting the LA Brewer shirt, Beautiful shirt. where we're supporting we pro- some of the proceeds are going Who's to the, the artist again. The artist is Ron from Crafted California. He's standing right there. This guy's amazing. He's, this guy's so you good. Got, you got all those names on there. Yep. 
he's he's amazing. So uh, yeah, check out Crafty California. That's a good plug right there. This guy does work for breweries. He does merch. He does everything. Um, and then thank you, Beer Belly, for hosting us. You put on an excellent local tap list, and we're gonna have a good time tonight. Yes, we are. So. Cool. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you.